Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Oh, doing good, man. Uh, you know, I'm taking days off from work now, inching towards retirement, you know, early retirement. So um, today I got to go have um, have lunch with my daughter at her kindergarten class, at kindergarten school. So that was pretty cool, man. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of dads and moms don't get to do that. So that's pretty cool. That's a, a big perk when, um, you know, you're trying to inch out of your day-to-day job and nine-to-five job, and then you get to you know, your, your business starts taking off and you can, you, it can support you. So that's a pretty big goal right there, man. How, what you been up to, Micah? Man, work, work, work. And, uh, was out driving for dollars today, doing some door knocking, talking to some potential sellers, talking to some for sale by owners. And that's basically, that's been about it, man. And, uh, yeah, those days with your kids at school, though, those are the best, man. I used to do that all the time with Malachi last year and I'm going to be doing it again this year. So those are the best feeling to be. That's why we do this, man. For it's not, not for money, for for freedom, right? Yes, sir. Straight up. And speaking of freedom, this is episode two hundred and twenty-two, Micah. Man, of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world, coming at you from Arlington and Fort Worth, Texas, and we have a special guest, Micah. Who we got, Stevie Stacks? It is Francois Guello. Did I say that right? Francois Guello. Guello. Okay. Italiani. I don't know. Is it Italian? What is that? It's French. French. So Francois. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so who is Francois, you ask? Francois is the co-founder and CEO of Enzo Connect. Enzo or Enzo? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> should we should we decide that on the podcast? We'll go, we'll go to Enzo. Enzo sounds <laughs> okay. cool. You know, hey, I'm Enzo. Hey. Uh, Enzo Connect, a dynamic AI-driven guest experience platform for hospitality professionals. Francois and his co-founder, Peter Sorbo, started the the ha, ah, they missed the word here, the business a few months ago before the start of the pandemic. Since then, Enzo Connect has scaled from 68 listings to over 17,500 homes in 45 plus different 45 plus different countries and processed over 485,000 guest profiles helping operators monetize and digitize the guest experience. The company is backed by VCs and angels in Nor- in Europe and North America including Montea Ventures Mistral Ventures, Michael Hyatt, and Andrew Kitchell. Wow. Francois has recognized as recognized as the City of Toronto Entrepreneur of the Year by the Entrepreneurs Organization. Uh, there's a bunch of organizations here, voted, blah, blah, blah. You got a lot of stuff, man. You got you won a lot of accolades <laughs> and awards. This thing goes on and on. Let's just welcome Enzo to the show. 100%. What's up, Enzo? I mean, not thank Enzo. you so much. Welcome, friends. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, I saw the door behind you and it said Enzo. I was like, Enzo, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> better Thanks than so being me. It's better than being outso, right? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Enzo, outso. It's uh, <laughs> a quick one, Micah. We got a quick Fair one on enough. our hands. <laughs> so, how'd you get your start in this wonderful industry? Pure luck. Absolute pure luck. Um, it was yeah. a school project. Uh, I was studying at the University of Toronto, and we had to come up with a, a it was a solution to an entrepreneurial problem. It had to be robotics focused, and I absolutely hate robotics. So I went up to my professors and I said, can I do smart home devices instead? And the first weekend of that class, my best friend calls me up, and this guy always calls me up for three things, to travel, to go for food, or to go for food and travel. So he calls me up and he says, you live in Canada, you're French, you don't know how to ski, we're going on a ski trip if you ever want to become Canadian. So we go on the ski trip, we book an Airbnb on the way, it's last minute booking, instant book, we get an automated message from the, the property management system or something, and keys under the doormat. We get to the unit, keys frozen under the doormat, minus 20 degrees Celsius, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. So we're trying to pry this thing off and trying to get into the unit, and then we get into the unit, we ask about the heating because we couldn't figure it out. Turns out it was per room, but we didn't figure that out until the end of the stay, so we all stayed in the living room. 
And then throughout the stay over the weekend, we're asking questions like, how do we get pizza delivered in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere? And just your base, your basic millennial questions, no answers whatsoever. Mm. Um, five days after checkout, I get a text message from the host saying we left one of the windows open in the kitchen. Kitchen pipes froze. We owe him $5,000 and he's sending us to small claims court. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> that was the start of Enzo. And we built a very small proof of concept on this door, actually. Um, and uh, just showed that you can create a seamless digital experience without having to trek yourself over to minus 20 weather to open up the door for, for a host coming in at 11 p.m. Uh, sorry, for a guest coming in at 11 p.m. So showed that out. And then pandemic happened, started iterating, and here we are today. Skipped a few steps along the way, though. <laughs> I just Real quick, I want to know what happened with that $5,000 claim. So turns out we never left the window open. Um, we turned off the heating, but they never sent us any checkout instructions. There were no instructions in the Airbnb app. There was nothing. And so he, you know, took a picture of an open window. I know we closed all the windows. What I do know is we, we turned off the heating, not knowing that obviously in minus 20 weather, that would lead to frozen pipes. Like you have to keep the heating on. Um, but he knew he was liable according to the terms and conditions of Airbnb based on not providing the information. So nothing ended up happening. I got kind of lucky. Um, and if anything, that whole thing led me to make $10,000 from the class because we won the first place prize at the end of the class and we got 10 grand for it. So um, one of my sales guys reached out to him a year and a half later about our system. I was like, oh, no, 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 not, not him, not him. <laughs> I don't oh, think he's going to buy this thing. <laughs> like accidentally reaching out to an ex-girlfriend or something. Whoa, what are you doing, bro? Exactly. <laughs> What do you say oh. tonight? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Oh, man, that's cool. So smart home stuff. What kind of smart home stuff are we talking here? I mean, at the time, we were very focused on creating this whole smart home. It, it's definitely pivoted since. Uh, so we started with smart locks and we were thinking like, oh, thermostats and, uh, you know, smart blinds and so on. We actually completely shifted from being a smart home focused platform to this digital guest experience platform. And the idea was defragment the tech stack in the industry. There is so much technology in this space and specifically around the guest experience. So instead of rebuilding everything, why don't we just connect all of these different moving parts like Superhog or Autohost or your smart locks and guidebook companies and so on and make them work together. Um, so it's definitely evolved since I would say the initial class project, but I'm happy to give you guys the, uh, the short and sweet pitch of what Enzo Connect is today. Yes, please. please. Yeah. So it's a digital guest experience platform and it's split across four different verticals, a boarding pass, an experience system, a messaging platform, and a CRM. The boarding pass is a web app and it covers everything from upsells uh, to guidebooks, check-ins, smart locks. It's all branded with your social media tags. Think of it as, let me run my Sonder-like experience without having to raise half, half a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. um, that's gonna collect a lot of information about the guests and is gonna feed the communication system, which allows you to text, email, WhatsApp, Airbnb message. And, um, and then the experience system allows you to customize all those interactions. So say, if something happens, then do this. If the travel reason is business, then make sure to say that to the guest or offer this upsell. And then we tie all of that into a CRM, which combines the data from the boarding pass, the customization of the experience system, and the powers of the messaging system to retarget guests post-date. Um, and we call it a guest experience platform. So yeah, <laughs> whoa, whoa, run that back, run that back. You said uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> you said a lot. There, you said you retarget. You said okay. You said you you get the passport, and then you say that again. Yeah, no. so the boarding pass. We send it to the guest. We send it with a messaging system. And the thing is, every owner, every property manager, and every guest is different. So instead of creating a cookie cutter system, we have this other platform called the Experience System which allows you to customize everything and say, if this happened, then do it that way. If, uh, you know, my favorite one is actually, if the sentiment of the conversation that our AI detects is positive, then remind the guest to leave a review. If not, then don't remind them to leave a review. Things like that, that just allow you to be more dynamic on how you approach each guest. Cause they're, they're all different. You know, you've got international travelers, you've got people coming in for work, you've got people coming in for just vacation and you want to be able to tailor that experience and then also monetize it uh, differently. And the CRM is tying that data from the boarding pass, the messaging system, and this experience system, the customization, so that you can retarget them post-stay. And the best way to retarget them is via SMS. So you can just shoot a bunch of SMS and say, Labor Day weekend, 10% off, book direct. 
things like that. And you're going to get an 85% open rate versus an email, which let's be real. Nobody checks their emails. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a guest experience platform. Now we're still trying to coin the term because there aren't that many guest experience platforms out there. Uh, but it works with your PMS and works with your existing tech. So you use Superhog, we plug into Superhog. You use Autohost, we plug into Autohost. Um, guidebooks, we built them ourselves because it was a bit easy. Um, smart locks, we connect everything from like Salto all the way down to August, Yale, Schlage, Nuki, Eagle Home, and so on. We're a bunch of engineers. We're a bunch of nerds. We love this. And so are you integrated? You said it was the PMS. Are you guys integrated with Hostfully? We are just about to launch something with Hostfully. Uh, Hostaway, Guesty, Booking Sync, Muse are our official integrations. And yeah, two-way syncs everything. So you purchase an early check-in, two-way syncs with the PMS so that whatever happens on the PMS happens on the PMS. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> and how much does this cost on a monthly basis? About $150,000 a month per property. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> at least you got it. At least yeah, yeah. Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> no, it ranges anywhere from like five bucks to 30 bucks a month per property. Um, but before you tell me oh, another per listing model, the upsell thing is my favorite part. We have a customer that pays us $240 a month. In two weeks, he made $640 on upsells. So he's essentially paid his platform for the next two, three months. And if he keeps going, he's going to pay the whole year uh, well before. Oh, I <laughs> love per listing, man. Year. Yeah, yeah, it's easier. Listing. I don't like the <laughs> percentage of each, each year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Okay. So and where does one go to sign up for this? I, I'm loving this. I'm loving this whole concept. <laughs> so, I mean, you go on our website, you, uh, you can schedule a demo. I am trying to shift to a self-serve model uh, just because I find that like in this space, a lot of people there's a difference between the buyer journey. What I'm realizing, like people just want to research. They want to learn by themselves, know what the price is and make that decision by themselves. They don't want to speak to a sales guy. Mm -hmm. um, for now, we do have a sales guy. I mean, for now, we will still have a sales guy, um, but uh, we will get to a more self-serve model soon. And yeah, just go on our website, book a demo. You got two options. You can book a general demo, which is what everyone does. Just schedule a call where you can do a personalized demo where we will connect automatically your, your account and we'll show you how it works with your data, your account, your properties right away. Um, your choice. Yeah. So, so you know, so my partner in in my business, my Argus Rentals. You know, I just dropped some Argus Rentals. Um, <laughs> so, so my partner Federico, a friend of the show and everything, he um, he runs the pretty much the um, the operations side, right? And I'm more acquisitions, okay. but but I know what's going on in the operations a lot and so he he right now we're using hostfully and hospitable because of the um he likes the how hospitable does the um the, the messaging right 100%. and so so we have to have both instead of just having one you know pms and also um we have our direct booking site from boostly i don't know if you know the boostly guy 100 mark, mark simpson. Simpson, simpson yeah and um here, here's a problem that we ran into even having those three things we, uh, I asked him the other day, hey, how come some of our properties up in Scottsdale aren't on the on the direct booking site? He's like, man, this is big issue that we can't get uh, uh, VRBO to plug in to to hostfully to plug in. To, it's like it couldn't it couldn't get it wouldn't work together in order to put it the, to run it through our Boostly direct booking website. So I was like, damn, I was like, do we need another freaking PMS? <laughs> What's going on here? So how, how would your how would your um, company help help that situation? So we wouldn't necessarily help on that front because we don't do anything distribution related. So we only take care of the guest experience, which okay. is like interactions with customers and so on. We are connecting with hospitable as well as host, hostfully. So um, doesn't really matter. We're trying to be PMS agnostic in that sense. Um, the way I like to say it is the PMS deals with everything before the booking happens. We deal with everything once the booking happens. So as soon as that booking comes in, and you need to interact with that customer and you need to make sure that they arrive at the property and they have all the information and their IDs are verified, but that, you know, they get their smart lock codes after they've been verified, not before. And all those intricacies, that's where we'll come in and we'll let the PMS do everything from reservations, your booking website, your channel manager and all that, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, we're, we're post booking. Although we do deal with a lot of things inquiry related, to be quite frank. I mean, we have different features around that, that front that allow you to like convert more inquiries to booking. One of them is, uh, I call it the inquiry converter, literally. 
And all it is, is following up automatically with your customers. You know, when you get a guest and he's like, do you have a pool? And you go, yeah, we have a pool. It's great. Feel free to book. And then they just never follow up. Well, that's on you to follow up. That's on you to mm. message again and be like, are you still interested? Yeah. But you've got 10 other guests asking for other dates. You're busy. You don't have time. So we'll do that for you essentially. Um, yeah. Dude, that's, that's the biggest thing right now, man. And, and cause like when we, we we're like about 70 units now. Right. Yeah. So once we get to that level, I mean, let alone holding the company together is, 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 a, is a bit of a struggle, but and it growing and, and then you have to worry about, you know, following up and missed opportunities and they just yeah. fall through, you know, like sand through your fingers, man. 100%. And, and so, yeah, that alone would be, would be huge for us because we will have our VA. We even tell our VAs, but still, there's so many things going on, so many moving parts now that it's hard. To, I mean, that, that's what they say. The money is in the follow-ups, right? 100%. It, it's a sales game at the end of the day, right? Like when you're, you're, you're selling your place or someone else's place to a guest. So you want to make sure they have a great experience. You want to follow up with them. You want to upsell them. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing I do to our clients, right? We make sure that they're happy. We upsell them on new features. We all do this. Every business does it. So we're just the platform that enables you to run that in a more professional and I'd say um, cheaper way as well, just because over time, you're not going to have to hire a new VA every time you add X amount of listings. The idea is to really get this to self-serve, fully automated uh, digital experience. So we've got a hotel group in uh, Ontario, in Canada, and they run their entire hotel, 150 rooms, two different locations with one single person, probably sitting on Netflix, just you know, sitting on their couch watching Netflix, and they just pop up the app, answer a few things from time to time, accept an upsell and that's it. Um, so that's like my prodigy uh, account right now. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. That is awesome, man. Um, so, so you, can we craft the, the automated messages or do y'all have them crafted or, or how does that work? So the way I see it is this. Every, every guest is different, right? So you want to be able to tailor different journeys based on different guests, but also channels are going to be different types of messaging. Maybe there's certain rules or things you need to do on VRBO that you wouldn't want to do on Airbnb and such. So the way it works is really, are you guys familiar with the company called if IFTT? If that, then this? Yes, sir. Like the, yeah, right? It's like the Zapier of, of smart home devices. So, I, I mean, I love this company. I, I In 2014, 2015, I was plugging in a bunch of things. Like I'm, I made my apartment into... Like, you know, if it was almost if I did this, it was like red lights, you know, Marvin Gaye, like it was that kind of stuff, right? But it was just, that was just because of IFTT. There was no code involved. Um, so it's the same idea, if this, then that. So if, and then any data point that your PMS has, if the booking channel is this, if the uh, number of times the guest has been messaged is that, if, I, I don't even know, there's like a hundred options on this. And then you add a condition. So sorry, it's not if, it's when. When something happens, only if a condition is met, then do something about it. Um, you pick the when, you pick the if, and you pick the then. And that's it. Man, I got to so, take my wife to a romantic getaway in one of your years. <laughs> <laughs> Red lights come on and yes, careful what you wish for. <laughs> Jeez, careful man. What you wish for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so how long have you been into engineering? Cause I'm an engineer myself. And like if IFTT back when I was in college, man, when I found out about that, I was just like flat yeah. out blown away. I'm like, Oh, yeah. you can basically, basically how I started using it was kind of through real estate. I would create yeah. all these IFTTs on a uh, Craigslist. You can be the yeah. first one to find out about houses. Uh, yeah. But yeah. How, how long have you been into that? I mean, it's funny because I never got into tech until 2015. And then I started studying computer science, cognitive science, did a focus in computational linguistics, so everything NLP related. And my co-founder is machine intelligence. He's, he's the brains behind the operations. I'm just the face. Um, and he's, yeah, he's a fantastic guy. And I don't know, we just love building different things. I mean, the proof of concept around Enzo was using IFTT, we would connect your Uber account. And I just wanted to say, if I know when your Uber arrives as a guest, then unlock the door. That's it. And so we just did a simple like connection between Uber and the thing and then send a little message to be like, your Uber has arrived. Welcome to the house. Turn on the lights, you know, turn on the heating, do different cool things. That was the proof of concept initially. I mean, it's definitely changed since, but the fundamentals of customization, if you will, are, are definitely still there. Cause yeah, I mean, if you try to build a software in this industry and then you go and sell to a property manager in your area, you're going to be super happy because you're going to be like, yeah, I built something that works for them. 
And then you're going to go to any other city and they're going to be like, oh, I, I do it differently. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, I can't sell this. <laughs> and you're going to try again and again. And everyone is going to say, well, I do it this way and I do it that way. And there's no standardization effectively in this space. So mm. customization is the name of the game, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. It's and real, real quick, what is the, I don't know if you answered early, earlier or not, but what does the Enzo stand for? So um, Enzo is a symbol of Zen, a Japanese symbol of Zen. Um, I got it tattooed on my arm. Now I'm not that lame where I got it tattooed while I was starting the company. I got it before, so give me some credit there. Um, and we were trying to name the company Enzo because I was very tied to, uh, to that. I don't know if I have the book with me, but there's a book and it's my Bible. It's called the lean startup and it's Eric, uh, Reese, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, my parents were horrified that I got a tattoo and that Christmas, my sister got me the book and there's the, there's an Enzo symbol on the cover. So I just figured, you know what? It's a sign. I have to name the company Enzo. We called it Enzo Connect because a lot of massage parlors in Toronto are called Enzo since it's a symbol of Zen. Uh, so we had to figure something out. And since we connect a lot of different tools, it's Enzo Connect. So hmm. yeah, I, I thought I'd wa I wanted to stay away from the whole BNB, the whole um, <laughs> stay, you know, like it's just, I mean, even our customers, half of them are, are something stays, something BNB, which is cool. I, I like it, but there's just, it's confusing now. Um, I've got great stays, but I've also got good stays, but I've also got good night stays, but I've also, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> so yeah. Good night stays B&B. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. Um, what's I going to say? So what, what is up with the door real quick? Explain the door to people. If you see it behind them, is a, there's a door with, with, of course, written on there is Inso. And then yeah. there's a bunch of signatures on there. What's, where would that come from? So... I wanted to stand out during that class project, right? I wanted to, everyone was just showing a little tool on a system and that's it. And I wanted to show what a tool could actually do instead of just showing software. Uh, so, you know, you round up a bunch of engineers in a classroom and they'll show you your code. And I figured instead of just showing code, let's show what the code can actually do. And so we, I bought a house at Home Depot, stuck a smart lock on it. And that's where we, we did the, um, the connection with the Uber stuff and the text messaging and so on. And then, you know, I, gave it to a friend who was who needed a new door because someone kicked through his door in college or something so i just gave it to them and uh <laughs> and then they were going to throw it out and get new doors for the house and i was like oh no, no give it back I'll, I'll keep it as sort of a memorabilia and then now we get all our shareholders to sign it so it's like a cool little token and all our investors and stuff get to sign it andrew kitchell hasn't come down to toronto yet so he hasn't signed that but hopefully soon um yeah, be <laughs> you know, awesome. Andrew if you're watching this you need to sign this <laughs> but, what, what yeah. if what if Drake buys in will you let him sign it a hundred percent Drake can have the door <laughs> not a problem <laughs> take it <laughs> oh man so the um okay a lot of a lot of people on our show you know they're new to the game right For and, sure. and, and I'm not on our show that listen to the show or new to the game and so how could something like this help them out? Because especially right now when people are trying to start, I mean, they're going up against some seasoned veterans like myself and, and first thing they do all their weekends get snagged and then they don't have anything mid, you know, all the mistakes that we all made in the beginning, they're yep. going to do all that and they're going to get crushed right away. How would something yep. like this, you know, help them stay afloat until they learn the game? For sure. I mean, I think it's not just this, it's also your tech stack in general. And it depends what your direction is. Like, are you looking to scale? Or are you looking to run a four or five unit business? And that's it. Um, if that's the, the, the business that you're trying to run, then great. There's so many different ways of running four to five units and just, that's it. We work with a lot of scaling property managers. So people who do want to get to, to your level with 70, 80, hundred properties. Uh, in fact, we work with a customer like Jetstream. Um, we're working soon with uh, a customer called journey, which you guys had on this podcast oh, yeah, as well. Journey. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, we work with a lot of like 500, a thousand unit type property managers, but right now we've been opening up a lot to. 10, 15, 20. I mean, to answer your question more directly, I think it's uh, differentiate yourself, own the city, own the place, own the guests and own your brand. Um, don't just be a slave to Airbnb in a way. Mark will love, Mark Simpson will love uh, hearing me say this, but it's, it's really <laughs> true. Um, you gotta, if you're going to build a business, you need to build a business that is different from everyone else's. So if you're catering for vacation, then maybe you should cater and have someone, something more for like business. Uh, so have a monitor in the, in the unit, you know, or upsell, if anything, the monitor uh, as, a, as a perk so that people can then order a monitor and work from home or work from your, your Airbnb, uh, sorry, 
your property, not Airbnb. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, differentiation, I think it's, it's really, that would be the core focus for me. And then if it's using the right tech stack, I would suggest looking at a property management system, a guest experience platform, a cleaning and operations tool, and a dynamic pricing. And once you have all four connected working together, then that's when things start to really automate. Um, but you need those systems to speak to each other. So make sure the integrations are strong between those different you know, systems. Make sure you've got the right tools. So you didn't just pick the first PMS that you found on whatever Google ads told you, like do some research on what feature the, what features they have. Like a lot of, when I, when I speak to different operators, sometimes I'm, I'm kind of shocked. It's like they, they were just sold on something. They, they didn't look at the 1400 other PMSs that are out there um, and now they're stuck. And they're like, wow, I spent all this money. I spent all this time making the shift is going to be so hard. And it's like, well, it's hard to build a successful business. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy you brought that up. Uh, just to piggyback off what you just said, cater to your business needs, especially when yeah. you're choosing like these PMS systems. A lot of people just say, Hey, it has this. And I saw it just like on Google and I chose it. Yeah, definitely cater down to your business needs. I think, that, and that's, I think what Enzo is pretty cool at doing because you're bringing that guest experience in and you're catering to that business's needs. That, that's, that's pretty dope. hundred percent, hundred percent. No, every PMS has its strengths and weaknesses. I mean, some of them have great channel connections, no messaging. Some of them have great messaging systems, not great channel connections. Mm. So once you, it's like a Lego block. Once you start building all those different pieces together, then it'll start making sense. I think there's an initial fear when they see the amount of tech that's out there. It's like, oh my God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. It's like, let's start with something simple. Distribute your properties across multiple channels, PMS. Then let's start with the next step, which is you want to message your guests. So this might be hospitable. It might be Enzo Connect. It might be different systems. Um, and then you're going to see what are the problems that evolve and, and grow from there. So some people, for example, don't want smart locks. Okay, cool. You don't need smart locks to digitize your, your guest experience. Not everything has to be smart lock driven. I mean, if you have a villa with like 15 rooms, you don't expect people to just smart lock access themselves. You're probably going to have someone greet them, especially for the price of that villa. Um, and that's fine. That means you might want to focus instead on an insurance provider like super hot because that's a 15 room villa and that might have a lot of damage if people are throwing parties there. So you want to know what, what is the business that you're trying to run? I think a lot of people just run a literally an Airbnb business, not a property management business. They run an Airbnb business. Uh -huh. So like quick money fast and that's fine, but don't expect to scale. If you're thinking of making quick money fast, uh, it's going to take time before you can really see your margins get better. And you know, the, the scalability of what you're building. But if anything, how did you guys get to 70 units? Tell me about that. Uh, sheer luck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we got, That's you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, the long story short, we started with our own, you know, I can go way back, but I'll just start when we, we got our own, me and, me and Federico got our first um, um, arbitrage together, you know, because I already had a couple and we got one together. And then a friend of ours, wasn't happy with her management company and said, Hey, can you manage my units? Cause she's, I'm going to Michigan and then I'm not going to be in Dallas anymore. And we're like, Oh, like, okay, we can help with that, I guess. And, yeah. and Federico, man, he's, he's like, uh, he's a machine. So he, he, um, he, he's great with, uh, with all kinds of, um, logistics and stuff like that. So he went, he went ahead and, and took it to the next level and he, he's, he's a beast. And so he got hers running good. And, and then she told a friend and, and he took over hers and then she yeah. told a friend. And then, so, it's, I mean, it's been mostly word of mouth, dude. And yeah. then these, and then soon as we take over uh, their units to get them profitable, they do what they do best is go finding more units and they're just keep yeah. sending us more units. So it's just been, you know, like, you know, we've had a lot of bumps, uh, you know, bumps in the road along the way, but, but yeah, I would say it's, um, it is mostly word of mouth and, and yeah. And, and like our friend is real big on um, Instagram, TikTok. So she, people reach out to her, Hey, who does, who manages for you? And she sends them our way. So it's been, it's been like that, you know, we haven't put any, any advertising out there yet, but we're at the point where we're, we're considering it, but um, more, I mean, we got to sort out a lot of things first. We didn't think we would grow to 70 units, you know, as fast as we did, you know, yeah. about a year and um, a, a year and a half, but Anyways, and I was going to ask you how you grew your business. You said the Lean Startup book really helped. I've heard of that book before. Yeah. And, and how do you get over those, um, um, those? I guess those, um, I would say, uh, I'll say, I want to say landmarks or those, those marks, those points in time where you grow to a certain point and you, and you just have to kind of like restructure the whole thing to get to the next point. How do you, how did you For get sure. 
that book help with that or what did you what'd you figure out fail fast that's all it is book, <laughs> all, the, 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 the only thing behind this book is fail as fast as possible um and and learn from those mistakes right so when we started we started with this big grand vision we're going to build a pms and we're going to do everything we're going to automate the whole thing it's going to be super easy we're just going to raise a bunch of money we're going to do it all and so first challenge was we needed a connection to airbnb and it's really difficult to get a partnership with Airbnb when you've got zero homes, zero experience, you're fresh out of college. Um, what are you going to do? So we found a way to hack Airbnb. We found a token on Reddit that we used and it was working. We got a few properties on it. We tried it out and we ran 10,000 iteration on the code and then it just crashed. And I was like, shit, okay, uh, what am I going to do? Uh, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Okay, cool. listening? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> um, and so, um, so the Airbnb office was across the street. So I just picked up my bag, went across the street, knocked on their door. And I was like, it's not working. And they're like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, I am Francois from Enzo Connect. And they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so they let me in. We had a quick meeting and they were like, yeah, come back when you have 4,000 properties. I was like, oh. how am I going to get 4,000 properties without having a connection to Airbnb? And so that was the first point of failure. And so we went back to the drawing board, figured different things out. Um, and so it was these, these different steps. I mean, we had this, this big issue at the time. And the next big issue was COVID. We had 68 properties. We were raising a quarter million dollar round. And we got $50,000 from an investor in the UK. And within five days, Trump closes the borders everyone else backs out. Everyone's like, I'm not investing in travel. So that was the next issue there mm. where we had to figure out, okay, we only have 50,000 out of the quarter million we needed for what we wanted to do. Um, the following issue after that was, you know, eight months ago, 12 months ago, we were very focused on the messaging side of things, but we didn't have enough PMS connections to really sell on that. And the ones we did already kind of had messaging. So it was a bit difficult to just sell that. And people were overusing our automations and all this condition stuff to the point that they were actually pissing off the guests because they were sending like 15 different messages, <laughs> all different things. And I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Damn. So we packaged it up in a boarding pass. And since then, over the past five to six months, that's been the killer product. Like product market fit has been on that specific feature of the boarding pass because it's just one web app, different styles, different directions. Um, so, I mean, the overall take for scaling or the overall take that I've, I've learned the hard way is just fail, but continue to fail where you can inch on that 10% of success. So for the 90% of the times you're going to fail, that 10% where you do succeed, learn why you failed, not just why you succeeded and reiterate on that again and again and again. That's a very important part right there. What you just said at the end there, learn why you succeeded also, or why, because sometimes we'll succeed out of dumb luck, right? And it doesn't and really, it doesn't teach us nothing. We're like, we just got yeah. lucky that that worked out yeah. where, yeah. 99% of the time it shouldn't work out, but we just got lucky. So we shouldn't consider that. Yeah. We shouldn't factor that into our, you know, the future of our business. 100%. Just like getting a lucky hand in poker. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, exactly. So, so the 10%. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that's, that's cool, man. From, from the, from, you know, 90% to the 10% that, you know, that 90% that fails 10% that doesn't fail. You learn from that and grow. That's, that's the hardest part, right? There. That's, that's important. Um, another thing, the boarding pass, that's a cool freaking name, man. Cause I, I'm, yeah. I'm from the airline industry. So, so, okay. you know, we, we use that all the time when we're getting on a plane yeah. and stuff, boarding pass, who came up with that? That's, I, I love that. It was a team. We were hesitant between three, three terms, key card, boarding pass or passport. We ended up choosing the boarding pass. You know why? Because we're partnering up with, we're trying to partner up with Apple right now so that you can add it to your Apple wallet. And the idea behind this, there's very few companies who have this partnership with Apple, but the reason we want to do this is just like for a flight, you have a boarding pass and you add it to your Apple wallet. Why couldn't you do the same thing for your short-term rental? You would double click, add it to your Apple wallet. And then when you show up to the Airbnb or the property, the VRBO, the booking.com, whatever you want to call it, um, you open up your Apple wallet and that's it. Um, so I, I kind of see that's where the future is going. Apple is already built out the key card system from the Apple wallet. They're headed in that direction with Hilton and the big brand hotels. It's going to come to the vacation rental market soon enough. So we want to be the first ones there. Um, man, I don't know if you should be letting this out the back, man. This is some high <laughs> shit. Like I'm, I'm loving Honestly, it. go for it. If my competitors want to try and go for it, they can. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. That's all I can say. <laughs> that is dope, man. I love that. So like, okay, so when they have everything on their Apple wallet, basically, how is that going to help the guests? What are you going to do with that information? Because I, I want to, 
I'm kind of interested yeah, now. For sure. So right now the boarding pass is a web app, right? So we send a link, you get that link and that's it. You just open up the link and that you have this. But the reason we wanted to have it on the Apple wallet, and this is still in development, obviously, um, is what if you're traveling in a different country, you don't have Wi-Fi, you can't open the instructions on Airbnb, you can't open the instructions on anything. And you just want to know, check in, check out, address, and that's it. So that's the first iteration of moving this towards Apple Wallet. The second iteration is because of the actual um, chip that's in your phone that can eventually unlock a freaking door. Mm -hmm. So why couldn't I just tap my phone on the door at the Airbnb and it unlocks the door? It knows who I am. It knows it because it has the right chip. It has the right, um, all the right information and data. Just tap your phone, unlock the door. So I know that the industry is going to head there eventually, and it's not going to be just, oh, here's your code and here's your backup code and, you know, download my August app and sign in. And mm. it's going to be none of that. It's going to be arrive at the thing, tap your phone, walk in, have a great stay. Um, Love that. And I even think so, that's even a layer of security too. Like, hey, this dude, this is Bill actually checking in. Bam, he tapped his phone. That is, yeah. I love this, yeah. man. I, I and then know every that. time they check in. You know, every time when that guy tells you, I never stayed here, I'm doing my chargeback. And so it'll be like, we actually already have this, but for chargeback reports, we'll, we'll send a full PDF of all the data behind that guest, when, where they signed the agreement, when they signed the agreement, the IP address of the phone they used, what phone type they used, if it was an iPhone 15 or a Motorola, if those still exist. Um, and then like everything, the IDs, the, the, the agreements, the deposits, and we'll even send you all the, uh, lock unlock functionalities of the smart lock. So if he says, yeah, but I never stayed there. It's like, well, you unlocked the door six times during your stay. So yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> it's like it, we, we had 26 people ask us for this report. We sent it off. We're going to make it an automatic feature because it's really cool. All 26 of them didn't have any issues um, and got their money back. So I was like, yeah, you just have to send the right information. And right now property managers, all they have is like, here's a rinky dinky little agreement that they signed and that's it. It's like, you know, Amex is always going to, sign with the side with the, the the guests right i mean it's american express like you spend all this money on a car, credit card they're gonna side with you so right um, right yeah damn that's kind that's, of the take that's, that is that's dope. um so is there an android wallet i don't even know i don't even know if there is i'd have to speak to my co-founder <laughs> about this i think there's like some equivalent of android wallet but i think yeah. at that point we'll just tell people who have androids get a freaking iphone you know green message people actually i asked a question similar to that on the airbnb automated uh, facebook page i said if someone tries to book your place and using an android phone do you let them book and it just, man, it started this whole freaking war, dude. It was funny. And, uh, but, but it, yeah, both sides got shit. It was, it was great. Yeah. Um, so, so I noticed a pattern, man. You're, you're right away. Uh, I'm, I'm going to link up with Airbnb. I'm going to link up with Apple. So you're, I mean, you're linking up with the big dogs and that's going to yeah. just boost you like even more. 100%. 100%. I mean, eventually one, one team that I want to boost with is Google. Because I think the future for vacation rentals wow. in the next three to five years is like if, if people are trying to focus, I'm going to get my Airbnb reviews. Like, that's great. Get some Google reviews because in three to five years, when you're looking up, you know, Austin, Texas vacation <laughs> rentals, you're going to be the one who owns that domain, not Airbnb because Airbnb is spreading across all these different locations, every single city in the world, every town, they're going to be spread out. You're focused on that one location. So you're going to own that, that place. And it's not just about the guests. It's also about the owners. When they're looking up, where do I get my Airbnb managed? in you know i don't know san francisco or whatever um you'll be the one owning that uh that that thing and it, you know what google is sneaky like they pulled this shit with yelp they they, they did the whole yelp review they're like yeah, yeah yeah bring you reviews all good yeah, yeah yeah we'll share it with all our millions of people and then people started doing yelp reviews and saying this restaurant's great and that one's shit and so on and then they were like cool thanks for the data now it's called google reviews Buy Yelp. They're going to do the same thing with OTAs. Right now, you can book a hotel. You can book a flight. You can do all these things on Google. I just booked a flight to Austin, Texas for guest eval on Google for Air Canada, but it was on Google. The Air Canada one was like five different pages. The Google was a form. It was name, email, passport number, credit card, done, booked. So 
if you don't think Google's headed in this direction, you are wrong. You are I have wrong. been telling people, this is the third tech guest that is I keep telling people, you better get your ass on Google. If, you, if yeah. you're late to the show, if you run a short-term rental business and you ain't on Google, you're about to be a shitload behind yeah. in about five years. 100%. On it. <laughs> For sure. No, it's, it's the, it's, it might not be prevalent right now, but yeah, three to five years, there's going to be a shock. I mean, if you think about it, what's an OTA, right? It's just a website where you can book a place. That's it. I can make a Shopify and call it a, an OTA. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on OTAs because there's a lot more involved. There's security, there's, there's KYC, there's all sorts of different things. But most of my friends, they, they always say, oh yeah, you work like with Airbnb and stuff. And I'm like, do you know what VRBO is? And half of them were like, nah. And I'm like, it's literally the first Airbnb. Like it's before Airbnb even existed. So, you know, I think the next one is just Google. They're just going to take it over and crush the whole conversation there. And um, this is one question I always have for like people going into tech and, and me and my partner, we always have this question, this, this conversation, like with you going into tech, right? And I know you said you tried to partner with Airbnb. With someone who's creating tech around the short-term rental space, do you think it's better for them to partner with Airbnb or with a PMS starting off? With a PMS. That was the biggest mistake we made. Like mm. why rebuild the PMS? There's already PMSs and channel managers are already like, if you look at the industry top to bottom, you've got your meta search engine, which is Google, Kayak, Yahoo. Although I don't know if anyone uses Yahoo. Um, and then you've got your OTAs, Airbnb, VRBO, et cetera. Under that you've your channel managers, then your PMS, and then you've got dozens of systems. You know, insurance, cleaning, pricing, et cetera. So why are you going to try and circumvent the 1500 PMSs? I mean, from a data perspective, I completely agree. You control the narrative. Good luck maintaining those relations. Good luck maintaining those connections. Like it is just, that is why PMSs are not able to build everything. They promise you everything, but they, they won't build everything because they have to focus on those channel connections. That's where the information's flowing at first. So, yeah, I mean, that was, I'd say six months, not wasted, but again, learn from your mistakes, six months of learning through those mistakes. And why are we going to rebuild that when we could just partner with the best PMSs out there? You know, the hostfulies, the hostaways, the guesties, the booking sinks, the views and so on of the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I, if you're new to tech, you need information, get to those PMSs. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's what a, a lot of people would ask in the beginning would be like, well, uh, this PMS or this, PM, uh, you know, hostfully, uh, whatever the, all the PMSs yeah. were saying, they, why, why isn't, why doesn't Airbnb just do all that stuff? Why do they need, yeah. why are they letting these other people do it? Why don't they just start doing it? You know, and why don't they start doing the pricing that, you know, because the, the, the smart lab, uh, what's it called? Price labs came out and then, and the other ones and beyond pricing it goes, well, Airbnb tried the little rinky dink smart pricing and it sucks. Right. And yeah. so, and then, so, but they're smart. Why, why should they have to, man? They're going to have control over like 90% of the planet's houses pretty soon. So why do they need to get 100%. into other stuff? Right. They can let the, let other people do it. hundred percent. And also focus on what you do best. If you're too spread thin, you're going to be shit at everything. That's why mm-hmm. we focus purely on the guest experience. And we're not going to build a PMS. We're not going to build all these channel connectivities. We're just going to be the damn best software in the guest experience vertical. And that's it. I'm not interested in cleaning. I'm not interested in pricing. I'm not interested in channel management, anything like that. I'm just going to do guest experience. Um, and I think, you know, there's a few companies like that, like Price Labs Wheelhouse. They're focused on pricing and they're the best companies out there. Um, you look at Breezeway on the cleaning side of things, they're the best one on the cleaning. Um, and that's it. It's just be the best at a niche. And that way people will always pick you. I think, uh, I mean, can I name a software that does everything? Like, I can't even think of one really like most, the only one I can think of is HubSpot. That's like, so, or no, even better Salesforce, but that's like <laughs> 1990s. They've been at it for like, I don't even know when it was built, but they've been at it for so long. So unless you want to stick to this for like 40 years, um, I just don't think that's possible. If you want to build a quick, big business, focus on one problem and be the best at fixing that problem. Hmm. Um, but yeah. And, and, and you know, what you said earlier was, was cool was how, um, you know, you're real big on Google, how they're going to get into the space. And, and, um, and you mentioned they were real sneaky about how, how Yelp, you know, come put your reviews on there. They, they got all the data and the data and they did it themselves. Right. And here, here's, here's what I think helped them 
<laughs> do do it better, you know, before taking over uh, a certain sector of, of the of a market is um, they, they failed miserably. Was it at Google Plus? Was that was that the thing that they made Google that it was a, trying to compete with Facebook? Remember, they made Google, Google. What was it called? Google Plus. I don't even remember. Google it. Plus. Yeah, it's, it was dumb. I mean, it was stupid. They just said, oh, we're going to make our own. Everybody already has a Gmail, so they're automatically on Google Plus. And then everybody was like, what the hell is this thing? You know, another, you know, uh, uh, social media. And, and it really sucked anyways. They failed miserably. It probably lost billions, but billions is nothing to them. But um, so now they're bringing in, they're coming in slower with the stuff instead of just trying to, oh, we're going to make our exactly. own, you know, Google Flights.com, you know, Google Flights or Google Cars, you know, they're, they're just, it's all of a sudden, as soon as you look up a, a flight somewhere, boom. Oh, you want to, you're looking up a flight? Here's some you can book them right here just all you yeah, have to do is hit yeah. this button and so that's pretty cool man they, they learned their lesson and now they're doing it more yeah. like you said sneaky taking the time they're taking their time they're looking at all the data like when you book that flight and you go on google flights the first thing you see is google flights where you search up uh, toronto to austin which is what i was doing all day and then first thing you see is is google flights and then you see all these other uh partners right you see air canada you see uh, delta airlines united and you book through those different things but that was a year ago. Now they've got, you can actually pay through Google. So they're like inching towards it slowly. And when they say pay through Google, it still goes through Air Canada or through United and so on, but they're, they're now the form that collects the payment. So the volume of bookings goes through that. So when they show you $800 for a flight, maybe they were quoted 700, you don't know, but they're taking a few points. I, I don't know what the business model is on that. So, so don't quote me here, but it's just, it's about slowly taking that, that, uh, those steps and learning about the data. What are the patterns? What are people doing? How are they traveling? What are they booking first? Is it, they booking their flights and then their, their hospitality accommodations. Okay. Well, let's start with flights and then we'll figure out hotels and vacation rentals and, you know, taking those steps towards becoming just this massive platform that controls a lot of things in our life. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You guys say that too, because it's, it's kind of like what Steve was saying when you run a business and, you know, you start taking on all this stuff and now you're having to stop, learn instead. And, that, and that's kind of exactly what Google did. They stopped, learn. Now they're sitting here just collecting data. And it's almost yeah. like if you listen to the episode, when Mark Simpson came on, he goes, Amazon does the exact same thing with products, right? Hey, they find out who's selling best. Now we create Amazon basics. And I think that's kind of what we're doing with Airbnb when we're giving them all this data. Right. 100%. And that's why they're now catering to, Hey, you have a pool. Hey, let's get this guy reservations. This is where the better guest and better host is at. So yeah, data is a very powerful thing. Very, very powerful. For sure. For sure. And I think to that point, actually, you know, the update that came out where you can book Airbnbs based on experiences. It's funny because half my friends were like, Oh, that's so cool. I can buy experiences. I was like, it's an inventory game. Like that's all it is. It's just, they don't have enough supply and they have a lot of guests because everyone knows Airbnb. And so how do you fill in the supply? It's only available from, you know, the 1st to the 14th, but I'm staying till the 20th. Oh, don't worry. Airbnb is suggesting this other property next door for the 15th to the 20th. They're not going to increase. They can't increase the number of inventory as much. So they're just like mix matching the existing inventory to increase occupancy rates overall effectively, um, which is beneficial for the, for every owner, to be quite frank, but it's also, it's got its ups and downs. The ups is maybe you're going to be on that lucky side of things where they suggest you and you get booked for those two empty nights, or you might be on the unlucky side and they suggested other people because they meet those criteria better. So it's, you're, you're not in control necessarily. And what I think I'm seeing in the industry, or I mean, the data is showing it is convergence between the professionalism of hotels and, um, you know, Airbnbs. And I'm not going to call them vacation rentals. I'm going to call them Airbnbs. They're becoming vacation rentals. They're becoming hospitality operators that are professional, building a brand, and almost becoming a hotel, quite frankly. I mean, sometimes you book an Airbnb on, on uh, or a vacation rental, and you're like, is this a hotel? Is this a home? I'm not sure. Is it an apartment in a condo? You don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. There's that convergence where it's all the same. You're building, you're, you're, you're purchasing a hospitality accommodation. That's it. Um, so, it's, yeah. It's so so crazy how even like Google sites and like the Google, you know, the Google things, you know, they're moving towards the vacation rentals. Cause I was at our friend, he was, a uh, he said he, he goes to like these hotel conferences, you know, and he, they focus, yeah. on, they start telling you, Hey, what's coming out in the industry. Cause you know, and everyone used to say, man, Airbnb hotels are scared of Airbnbs and they weren't, they were scared of Google. Yeah. I was like, really is that? He was yeah. like, because if Google starts letting short-term rentals or vacation rental people book, who has that demand in market right now is hotels. 
people book hotels straight off Google. Google was like, oh, cool. Now all these short term rental people are about to be in, in here, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it, that that's 100%. the scary part. Hundred percent. On that note, I, I like to use kayak, and and I see, you know, I've always used kayak, but I've seen a, some short term rentals trickle in a little bit. You know, still they still look out of place because you know the hotels yeah. have their slick, you know, website million dollar websites and all this stuff, and then you see it. Wait a minute, is that a, that's not a hotel? What the hell is this? And oh, it's an Airbnb. Weird. And Airbnb is on kayak. Kayak is weird. But um, anyways, aside from that. I was going to say some some gangster that you said earlier in the show, man. So you said when, when Micah pointed something, hey, man, you're giving away all your secrets. He's like, you said, man, I'll give I'll give away everything. They can try to they can try to make this thing. That's when you know you got something that that's that you've that you've done your homework on that you've, you've created. It's hard to create. You know, I'm sure it's absolutely difficult to create and that, you know, no one can just copy what you're doing. And that's like a, it reminds me of Tesla and Tesla puts all their blueprints out there. Hey, anybody else want to build this car? Go right ahead but no one can yep. do it exactly and who owns when you think about like electric cars the first thing you think about is tesla you know they, oh, they yeah. let everyone use their battery systems models and, and blueprints and they said yeah go for it and investors were like are you crazy we gotta <laughs> we gotta use this and like start selling it and like the ip and this and that and make money it's like um dollar what's the expression dollar uh dollar the, the, smart wow. Something yeah, dumb. something like that. Something dumb. Yeah, yeah, you penny got it. You dumb. got it. It's like I don't know. Penny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> penny smart dollar dumb. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think also the amount of research tech and involvement. I, I wrote my entire thesis for, for my master's on this industry and on the convergence of hospitality between hotels and, and vacation rentals. The amount of hours my team, myself, my co-founder, people around us have put into this. It's just, it's not about the idea. It's about the execution. So I'm happy to share all the ideas we have. And when I say good luck executing them, I'm sure people will figure out better ways to do other things and we'll connect with them. I mean, it's Enzo Connect. We connect with all these best in class players. So I genuinely don't care. <laughs> I love that. Um, this excites yeah. me. When, when I, How old are you? You're young, man. I'm 25. 25 years old. <laughs> and this, this is what excites me about the future because everybody's like, everybody's tripping out about, all these cities and all these old people and are pissed off about Airbnbs or short-term rentals being in the neighborhoods, trying to kick them out everywhere, you know, but all these old stogies are going to die off. Right. And who's coming <laughs> who's going to take over is people like you who see the future and say, man, this is, I mean, I, I mean, the ride share, you grew up in this share economy, yeah. right. And yeah. the ride sharing that you get anything delivered to your door in a few minutes and, and you got, you know, everything's sharing, you know, you're sharing your house, 100%. we're sharing our houses, we're sharing yeah, we don't like owning things we like experiences yeah, exactly yeah. and that's yeah. that gives me that gives me hope because like i said all these old stogies are going to all die off and it's going to be you know the city councils are going to refresh and it's just this is the future man and you're on the you're on the cusp of the future and, and it's um i mean people are sharing private jets right you can you can share a private yeah. jet with people it's it's just it just makes some fucking sense because there's planes leaving half empty. There's cars that no one's using. There's, there's houses that are empty that no one's using. Why not fucking use these things? And, 100%. And all, we'll all advance as a civilization. 100%. That's why on the boarding pass, and I know you guys had an episode about this stuff. Um, on the boarding pass, you connect, we connect as well with like dozens of other apps. So on the boarding pass, you can order an Uber. You can order an, a Turo. You can literally just book someone's Turo from your short-term rental and what we're trying to do is help you connect all those different monetization strategies. You know, if you're making a bit of money on, on Turo, well then let's connect your Turo account to your Airbnb account. Why wouldn't that make sense? It does. Like if I'm traveling and I need a car. I'm not necessarily going to go to Hertz and, you know, what enterprise or things like that. I, I go on Turo. It's so cool. You can rent, like I rented a Camaro once. It was the coolest thing ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was what, 22 years old, no Hertz or, you know, enterprise is ever going to rent a, a a Camaro or no. anything like anything to, you know, other than your 2010 Chevy cruise, like <laughs> barely goes up to like 50 miles an hour. Like, no, I wanted to have a cool car, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know, connecting all these different apps, Uber, Uber Eats, DoorDash, uh, open table, things like that. Like it's just bringing it under a single ecosystem because at the end of the day, I don't know, like I use all these different apps. Most people, I would say my generation, but also, you know, 30s, 35, 40 also use that those apps. Like it's just part of our daily life now. It's mm -hmm. um to make it convenient. 
make it convenient for everyone. Um, and I hope you guys get that integration, man, that Airbnb to Turo, because that is like, every time we have a Turo guy on, that's the first thing, like, it's hard to connect them, man. When I went on my Airbnb, look, my Turo car is gone. You know, yeah. that, that, that is going to be powerful. I, I hope you guys are able to do that, because that, that's been the, you, you, you're, you're starting to, you see problems in the, in the industry, and you're, you're, you're down to go fix them. That's pretty dope. 100%. Well, the core problem, the one problem we're trying to solve is the fragmentation. Mm. All these different apps, all, all these different things, and do it in a way that doesn't involve yet another app. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. so, you know what I mean? Like, download my app. Like, no, no downloading apps. It's done. Like, you have enough apps. How many apps do you guys use on your phone? You have, like, probably, <sighs> what, 30, 40, but you only use six or seven religiously? Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, there's no point in downloading another app. I know a few people who download the app for the store to get their discounts, to buy their t-shirt and whatever. And that's like, cool, but you're never going to use that app ever again. Um, so connect everything in a way that makes sense. So actually the, the Turo thing is, is already live. Like we, you can order a Turo straight from the boarding pass. You can order an Uber. It literally plugs in the address of the short-term rental right in Uber. So we've done all those connections. We have like 50 different connections. So they don't need to download the app for Turo or Uber. Is that what you're saying? Or they still yeah, shoot you to the website, to the webpage and you just make your booking. Now, if you want to download the app then download the app, that's not my problem. And you can look at all the other cars that Turo has, but I don't care. Um, I just <laughs> want to show you my car and rent you my car to make money from my vacation rental. That's, that's it. So yeah. That's so cool, man. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. <laughs> One question I did have like earlier on, it was um, everybody hates, well, booking.com makes us money, but it's the, it doesn't integrate very well with anything. Do y'all, do y'all, are y'all able to integrate with booking.com at all? So again, we get all that data from the PMS. So if the PMS has a great connection with booking.com, we will know about it. We'll know which channel, we'll know which communication guests and all that, but we don't go straight to the Airbnbs, OTA, the OTAs, the Airbnb, mm -hmm. VRBO, Expedia, and so on. Uh, we just go through the PMS. Um, but I know that in North America, what I'm seeing from the North American side versus European side is booking.com has a lot of fraud, um, mm, and a tons. lot of issues, uh, chargebacks, people trying to break into homes by just figuring out what the address is first, things like that. Um, so I always, always recommend using, uh, you know, verification providers like Autohost and Superog, but also insurance providers, things that allow you to, um, avoid having any damages. And then my favorite, which we call flex, and this is uh, literally a flex, is uh, giving the guests the choice to choose between a one-time damage waiver, like a fee that they have to pay, or uh, a security deposit. And you give them the choice, and 80% of your guests are gonna choose the damage waiver. Cause they're like, yeah, 50 bucks, non-refundable, fuck it, I'll just give you 80 bucks. I don't wanna have 500 bucks in my car that like is taken out. And then I don't have 500 bucks for my vacation, et cetera, et cetera. So they'll just pay you that 50, 80, whatever dollar fee, which just goes in your pocket. And then you hold that for a rainy day. And then if you do that on every single guest, then you've got like a little piggy bank with like five, 10, $15,000. And if not, if you have a lot of properties, I mean, we did the math of one of our customers, like a quarter million dollar piggy bank that you can use for a rainy day. So free money. <laughs> that is, that's um, fucking genius, man. That's dope. Yeah. Unless they like and, pay, pay the 50 bucks and go in there with a the baseball bat and start smashing. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one thing you want to be careful <laughs> is that they're not like, I'm going to get 50 bucks worth of damage right now. <laughs> that's the one thing you want to make sure. But again, that's where auto hosts, super those companies, they'll verify the IDs. They'll do background checks, criminal record checks, make sure that the person who's staying is actually the person who's staying. Um, and so just combining those different tools in a way that's, that makes sense. But yeah, the damage waiver is it's, not, it's easy, easy money. <laughs> So, so, okay. It's, yeah, man, it's been a great show. We're, we're getting close to the end here, but uh, I, have, I have a question. It's on my mind because you're a youngster. You did your thesis on a business. You created the business. So how, do, how does a, a young person with a passionate about an idea, how do they take it from just an idea to an actual real, you know, real life business? Like I just, I got wrapped into this thing. It was like, it was so accidental, but I think the one thing that came out of it was just do it. Just keep doing it. Like you have an idea just take a weekend off and try it out and see if that idea works and, and do the most simple way of solving that problem. Don't think about the app that you're going to build. I would say the number one thing I always tell my friends who, who come up with ideas is you're already starting with the wrong approach because you're starting with an idea. You're starting with a solution when you need to start with a problem. 
-hmm. You need to start with the problem that you are going to solve. And then the idea will evolve because the idea that you have today is going to be very different from the idea that you have two, five, 10 years from now. I mean, I see it just with Enzo Connect where it started off with this whole smart home thing. And now it's a guest experience platform, but it started off with one problem, which is fragmentation. Um, so focus on the problem. And then, you know, in Nike's word, just do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice, so, yeah, man. that is cool. That is cool. Start with the problem, not the solution. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I got any more engineering questions for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I love that David damage waiver you came up with that. That is dope. Um, I actually, and I have another thing for you. So if you're collecting a damage waiver from the guest with Enzo connect, are they still, cause a uh, guest got pretty, not sneaky, but he was pretty aware. Uh, are they, are we still allowed to like, does your damage waiver now interfere with Airbnb's insurance policy? Not at all. If you think about it, we're sending the boarding pass link at booking confirmation. Okay. Once you send it at booking confirmation, you can send whatever you want. You can send a link to whatever you want. Mm -hmm. uh, as a professional operator, especially if you're using a PMS that's connected to Airbnb, you have certain rights that an individual Airbnb homeowner uh, won't necessarily have. And on that link, you are allowed to collect security deposits and things like that. So it's just a different form of what's well, a non-refundable security deposit, if you want to call it that way. Um, <laughs> so no, I, I, there are no issues. And then at the end of the day, who cares? Like. Who cares? What is everybody going to do? Like, look at that link, go through it and be like, oh, you collected money, et cetera. If anything, they should implement this and they should put it on Airbnb. Um, Brian, that's an idea for you if you're watching this podcast. I'm not going to score, right? <laughs> I'll go knock on his door, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's your business. You choose, yeah. you know? And then the other thing I would say, and this is my mentality with these things, do it first, ask for forgiveness later. Um, <laughs> I, love I love it, you know, <laughs> so yeah, Man, this has been a great show, dude. Thanks for hopping on. Um, no, thanks of course, for where can people find you? Enzoconnect.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We only have to start doing dances on TikTok now. I really don't <laughs> want to do that. Um, and we're on live, let thrive. <laughs> live, let thrive, baby. Yeah. Uh, Parlez-vous français? <laughs> Bien sûr. <laughs> oh, comment allez-vous? Uh, you're like, uh, très bien, vous parlez français? Uh, oui, oui, monsieur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I took, I took like half a year in eighth grade, so I'm fluent. <laughs> I love it, I love je it. Je m'appelle Stevie Stacks from the Vlet <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That yeah, was good. yeah, that's all I know. Fair enough. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. You're good. That's it, that's it, man. Well, thanks, thanks, Francois for hopping on man and um we wish you all the luck and we're going to be in contact with you i'm going to definitely put federico in touch with you this sounds like some cool stuff that we need to start implementing because you know um it gets a little tighter sometimes in the slow in the slow months you need to, you need to pick up that income somehow so 100%. A good way to do it right here 100 i'll be in it's all about making money <laughs> love it thank you so much guys for having me i really really appreciate it au revoir monsieur <laughs> all right thank you for coming on man definitely had to have you back appreciate it i appreciate right. it uh great show and so and so connect hit him up man we're gonna hit him up after the show man we learned so much i was i know you and him were gonna do some engineer talks i had that i had to chime in every now and then to yeah <laughs> go and where people could understand what the hell y'all are saying <laughs> They, they, they understand that. Hopefully they understand. Hopefully we'll lose them. But oh, one thing I was going to tell you guys on the damage waivers, man, this is what I was going to tell you real quick. Uh, I had a guy. <laughs> uh, so basically he broke some stuff at one of my Airbnbs at one of the shared term rentals. And it was through Airbnb. And I sent him the Airbnb thing and I sent him, hey, you owe this, whatever, for the damaged stuff. And but he came back and denied the claim on Airbnb because he was like, well, I paid the 35 bucks, right? And I was like, oh shit. So I just had to go through the super hog to get it. I thought I could double dip, but if they, I guess, <laughs> they say, hey, I paid you 35 bucks because you know, it's all connected, right? Mm. Well, that's one thing you guys got to kind of be careful about too. The damage waiver. Okay. Yeah, because if he pays it and he's conscious that he paid it, he'll be like, hey, see, that kind of goes back to that thing. Remember when you were like, well, damn, if he pays 35 bucks, can't he just go in there and fuck up shit? You know, I'm like, <laughs> Damn, if they're smart enough, some of them can't. Happily, fingers crossed, it wasn't nothing big. But I'm like, damn, 
Steve was kind of, and it was, I, I meant to talk about this because it just happened this week. I was like, damn, this is just what Steve was fucking talking about. But it wasn't anything big. But yeah, they technically can. And Airbnb is like, well, they paid you a damage waiver. Well, I, I guess I guess you could say it like this: the damage waiver covers up to what five hundred bucks worth of damage. I don't know what is it. What does it cover? Uh, technically, covers up to a million. Because remember, Superhog came in with the intent of being like a backup replacement for Airbnb. But you could word it. I wonder if you could word it that way. That might be a good backup way to that work. Was, I mean, yeah, they won't go smashing the TVs and say, hey, I, to, I did the waiver payment. You know, I can do whatever I want. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, then, no, I ran into that this week. And I, I meant to talk about it. But yeah, that, that is, I was like, when did the shit happen? I'm like, damn, that's the shit Steve was talking about. But yeah, it wasn't anything major. But yeah, man. <laughs> But yeah, good show, good show. And uh, yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Live Let Thrive. Find us on uh, Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube and leave us a freaking review. And we would very much, very much appreciate that so we can get the word out about our podcast. And uh, and our companies, uh, Argus Rentals, ArgisRentals.com, A-R-G-E-S-T, Rentals.com. Hit me up for a great place to stay or we can manage for you. That's what we can do. If you have any properties that are shitty and need to be sold, that's when you contact Share BNB and we will be that <laughs> provider solution for you. That's the best commercial ever. Got any properties that are shitty and need to be sold? Yeah. You should actually do that. That'd be great. Yes, sir. Well, I do. So, uh, yeah, man. Thank y'all for continuing to listen to us. And uh, yeah, remember to subscribe, leave us a review, and join that Facebook group. We are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.